Impact of Influence, the tragic story of a powerful South Carolina family and the mysterious deaths that they are linked to. Hi there, friend. Matt Harris, Seton Tucker, with an extra episode this week because of some sort of breaking news. This is going to be a little bit shorter than some of our past episodes. Who knows? We'll start to get talking. It might be a little longer, but we want to bring to you what has happened over the past day or so as we speak on this date of May 5th. Uh, a state grand jury has indicted the former Hampton banker Russell Lafitte on financial charges and added some new indictments against Alec Murdoch and Corey Fleming. Corey Fleming, Alec's best friend from college and basically part of their family all these years. Lafitte was the officer at Palmetto State Bank. He was the CEO. And he hadn't been indicted yet, but we've been hearing that he was involved in some of these schemes, and he's expected to be maybe Friday, I guess, bond hearing? Yeah, they expect for Friday. So it would be the, uh, what's the day, the 5th, 6th? The 6th. Um, so let's break down these indictments. I think Lafitte faces 21 charges. Is that what you got there, Yeah, 21? For $1.8 million. $1.8 mil. And then there's some more against Murdoch, and there's some against uh, uh, Fleming as well. Yeah, they said four new charges for Murdoch, which would put him at 79 charges for $8.4 million. And Fleming had five new charges, putting his total at $3.7 million. Wow. Uh, John Snyder joins us, former district attorney, former defense attorney. And uh, John, you've had a chance to look over the docs. And before we get to that, though, when your reaction to that... The first thing that jumped out at me was they were dated April 14th, and it's May 4th that we find out about it. At least they were made public. What is that unusual? The only thing that it looks like to me is that maybe the grand jury returned the indictments, but the indictments weren't filed or served until yesterday. And okay. so they so they, they may have been issued by the grand jury and then Lafitte's attorney could have been negotiating with them about when he was going to be served with them or maybe given notice that grand jury that indictments had been returned and there could have been some negotiations and or an opportunity for Lafitte to participate in a positive way to gather evidence for conviction. And so there, there could be a number of factors that go into the space and time between the indictments being returned and the indictments being public. Well, the Island Packet did get a statement saying from Russell Lafitte's attorney saying that he is cooperating with authorities. Then I just in our very last episode with you, we talked about Russell's house being put up for sale. Could this be why? Through all this going, we knew we had a role. We knew we had some knowledge, but we didn't really know how much of a role and how much knowledge he had. And then with these indictments, it goes from being like, well, I'm just I'm just the guy that signs the checks. I don't do the accounting to, man, you were you're you're invo- you're deeply involved in this conspiracy. It's a huge and change. It's a huge change. And and what we talked about the other day, this really will trigger the regulators like there's no tomorrow, because it's not just a, a rogue employee. It's it's the head of the bank. And so. If it looks like the the bank was his own personal piggy bank and he profited outside of out of his salary, that means he's defrauded shareholders. There's all kinds of implications 
for him based on his role and, and the criminal activity he engaged in, according to these indictments. We put up a statement on our Facebook page for our podcast yesterday. It was the attorney general statement. And we received a lot of comments from listeners basically saying, finally, finally, because he was fired from the bank back in January. Is that right? That is correct. So, John, do you find this to be a long period of time for charges to have been brought against Russell Lafitte? No, I think you have to untangle the web. And so you, you start with the obvious, hey, here's a lawyer that's made $4 million that, off a case where the family made none. And, and so, but then as you start to look through the paperwork, you're like, well, who enabled this to happen? You know, there, there are a number of system failures. That's what makes this case so extraordinary is the amount of money that this guy got away with stealing combined with the number of people that had to be a part of him getting away with it for for years. And so that wouldn't be initially obvious at the beginning. And so, again, it kind of starts off where law enforcement's like, hey, your, your bank's name shows up on a lot of these transactions. And then does he turn around and say, I'm sorry, I did it all. Or does he say, I don't really know anything about that. You should go talk to the guy who was appointed the the you know the financial responsible guy. It's yeah. like, okay, well, he says you told him to do it. And mm -hmm. and then he says that you said if you don't do this, I'm gonna fire you. So then as evidence starts to build, it becomes clearer and clearer who's involved. And and so the good thing about this is we know exactly who did what now. It's not the law enforcement's not guessing. They are they are nailing people uh, based on evidence that's good enough to take to a grand jury. Lafitte, looking at one point eight million, he stole perhaps allegedly, as you mentioned before. But then we add on eight point four from Murdoch when you mentioned, and three point seven from Fleming. So what is we what are we up to now? Nine, ten, eleven, thirteen, about fourteen million. Right. So Jeez. what do we think about bond? I know how how does this work? We know. There'll be another bond hearing, possibly tomorrow. Will Corey Fleming's bond be increased? I don't think so. He's been out on bond for a while. He's complying with all the conditions of bond, hopefully. I think they'll just add the charges and, and merge the bonds. Lafitte's bond will probably be the same as Fleming's. What, but one of the charges when I was reading through the court documents was... They talk about this plane ride back in 2012, where I guess Fleming chartered a private plane along with Ellick and another lawyer to travel to the College World Series. So, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty... Ballsy? Yeah. <laughs> Is that the word you're looking for? It's not a good look. Not a good look. There's a special place in hell for for that. <laughs> just, you, you just don't steal from people... You just don't steal from your clients. and Period. Let alone a, yeah. you know, quadriplegic. It, it wasn't like you were you were stealing from your clients because your lights were about to be turned off. You're stealing from your clients to take a private plane to go right. to it's, a baseball it, game. They're brazen criminal activity, as these indictments detail, is somebody that does not care what the rules are, and they do not care who they hurt, they're going to do what they want because they can. And that is a generational issue. Mm. And if, 
it goes back to how their parents raised them or didn't raise them. And so are we, are we surprised by Alex's behavior at this point? No. Are we, did this bank deny people loans, like the kind of people they stole from? I'm sure. Oh yeah. Never thought of that. But it's just, it's really, really gross. And I think the prosecutors have a strong, strong case. And that's part of what the delay was, but they're coming for him. And he defrauded the bank and he defrauded the people that put money into the bank. And that's that again, that's kind of one of those things like the golden rules of lawyering is you don't take your client's money. The golden rule of banking is you don't, you don't steal from your own bank. <laughs> right. Like, it's just, it's just the most egregious thing and confirms the worst of what people think about banks. And, and again, this is a, this is a local community bank that probably sponsored the baseball team. I mean, yeah. And they probably used the sponsorship money from the parents who, I mean, it's just any, anything that that bank did while that guy was in charge is going to be under investigation and, and reviewed. Well, so, John, I know we spoke the other night, and I forgot to bring this up in the episode that we released on Tuesday, uh, but specifically talking to the bank, and some of my sleuth friends have brought this up, that RICO may come into play. So can you kind of go over what that is and why you do or don't think it will come into play? Yeah, so RICO is, is, a, is a federal statute related to conspiracies. And so I do think it'll come into play both in state court. It'll come into play in the civil cases, which will then potentially make it a federal crime. And so some of these civil cases that are in state court could get moved to federal civil court and federal criminal court. And, and so basically it means the, the fact that they were on the plane ride and the three of them said, this is how we're going to do things, that's that's a conspiracy where, where people get together and plan to do bad things. And a conspiracy is, is adds a whole other layer to possible charges, et cetera. Well, it brings the federal government in, yeah. and I'm sure they're already in because this is a you know federally insured bank. Um, so... All of a sudden, they go from state court where they're looking at 20 years to they're looking at 400 years under what the feds decide to charge them with. Hmm. Wow. Any other comments, uh, final comments from either of you guys on, on this? No, I just the, the pattern that's emerging with the indictments is there were some really bad people down there hurting really good people. And the I, my biggest hope is that the victims get justice i i don't know how they get made whole uh but but i certainly think there's plenty of clear wrongdoing that that people will recover from well thank you john for uh popping in appreciate that and we'll uh, talk to you soon thanks guys see you Snyder. bye bye all right we are so grateful that you listen as always reach out to us where you can reach out to us on Facebook at Murdoch Podcast or on our website, which is MurdochPodcast.com. And the episode we've been promising will drop early next week. We're going to get a, an expert in 
weapons. To talk about that. And we're also going to tell you what John Marvin, Alex's brother, told Seton about the day of the murders of Paul and Maggie. So keep subscribing, keep sharing, keep rating, and we'll talk soon. From DNA testing to the Dixie Mafia, Crime Capsule brings you new stories of true crime in American history. I'm your host, Benjamin Morris. Join us for exclusive interviews with authors from Arcadia Publishing, writing the hottest books on the most chilling stories of our country's past. You can find us wherever you get your favorite podcasts or on evergreenpodcasts.com. Crime Capsule. History so interesting, it's criminal. I'm an American vigilante. I have a question for you. What would you do if someone you cared about was abducted, taken from you? Would you call me? Would you care about how I got them back? Download American Vigilante now.